You're listening to the Traffic and Funnels Show. Hey folks, this is Alan, producer of the TNF Show. Today's episode comes from a recent conversation Taylor had with Joe and Matt of the Hustle and Flowchart podcast, where they discuss our philosophy of front-end products and how to hire decision makers. Join our podcast subscriber community by visiting trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe to get a free gift from us and also get special deals on our next level paid products. All right, here's the show. So, yeah, you, you got started with Chris, Traffic and Funnels and all that. And I know it's evolved over the years too, right? So you did the agency stuff for a while. Um, now, what, training and all that. And we're seeing a bunch of like mini products of yours out there, you know, tied yeah. to yeah the ads. I saw, you know, with Agora, you had some promotions going out with them. Maybe we talk about that a little bit because, it, or, you know, the strategy as a whole, I guess. Let's start there as like Traffic and Funnels, how you guys see... What's your what's your perspective of how it all kind of works? And um, I'm just trying to think like like where do we start here? Because I want to get into some tactics of of what you guys do best. Of. Yeah, I mean, so one of the one of the philosophies I had when I was writing copy, everybody's trying to sell something, and that's kind of the point, right? Like trying to mobilize the person on the other end of the screen to read this copy and follow through. Mm-hmm. My my philosophy was to kind of get in and. I believe that if if somebody can if somebody wants something, it, it's old old copywriting training is like you got to get in. You can't create. I think Eugene Schwartz was saying that you can't create human emotion. Like you have to go in the flow with what already is there. Mm-hmm. You can't create human desire. You have to find out what they already want and go with it. So I kind of took that and developed a philosophy of if somebody gets to the end of a piece of copy and they have no more objections, then the next step is for them to buy, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming we're putting out products that people already want. Mm-hmm. The byproduct of the product they already want. The result of the product they already want. I'm not trying to elicit more desire. I'm trying to mitigate the risk, the perceived risk that they have in this product, which actually turned out to be a pretty winning style of writing copy, uh, especially in internet marketing, because the biggest issue with internet marketing is believability. People think everything's a scam. But mm-hmm. if you deal with all of the objections that someone has, say they have 10 objections, you just systematically go through and eliminate each objection. They're going to buy. That's the next step. Well, we took that philosophy into the world of product development. So if you look at the top four, four objections people have about high ticket consulting or investing into real estate or whatever it is, you can actually build products that are that their central theme is to deal with one objection at a time, mm-hmm. which is massive. Mm-hmm. because then somebody is trading money in exchange for what is real value. But really what you're doing is you're moving them along from left to right, dealing with an objection. So for us in TF, it was consulting. Client Mm -hmm. kit um, was $10,000 and people had objections and they ranged from what if this doesn't work out, you know, to I don't have enough money. All right. All everything in between is free, free gamut. So we created a product called Wealth Secrets which mm. taught people how to think about money. And, and it wasn't necessarily selling client kit. It was selling them on how to think about the objection. And once they learned how to think past that objection, there was no more selling that was involved. And so now we have you know, advertising products. We have Wealth Secrets. We have uh, the Common Sense Consulting book. We have Intelligent Advertising book. We have probably 18 to 20 different products. And they each teach people how to do what they promise to do. But more than that, they deal with the objection that is attached to that product. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So the, the the sort of front end products 
are if they buy them they go through them and that just sort of kills an objection to buying the bigger product down the line i, th- I think yeah. one of the ones that I've, I've seen a lot of ads for was like a i think it was a productivity course so know? let me tell you let me tell you about productivity pack mm-hmm. uh how many times do you hear like this sounds amazing but you know i don't have the time to go through anything else all the time yep so productivity pack obviously is going to deal with that yep um if you don't if if you can or- organize your life in such a way that you can not only get more freedom, but you can get more time teaching people what's really important. And what do you think happens to somebody as they go through that product? Not only do they, their life obviously improves because it's a great product, but no longer do we have to deal with the objection of, well, I don't have time to do this right yeah. now. Well, yes, you do. You absolutely have time to do it because we just trained you how to do it in productivity pack. And you gave us a hundred dollars for it. Yeah. That's anyway. a, I've never thought of it. Or I, and I heard you say you call them advertising products, right? That's kind of, is that like the term you guys use? So yeah, these things are like little. Oh, no, no. I mean, product, we have products that teach advertising. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, oh, these products are okay. They're going to be paired up for that too. But um, yeah, you're like training your customers to be the best customers for the big ticket thing or whatever is coming up after that. Yeah. Growing them up. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. With you. I mean, I'm just thinking of like the psychological implications. It's like, dude, they're listening to you. They're trusting you because you're literally coaching them from kind of like this foundational level to where they really yeah. want to go, but they're just not ready for. So you're going to probably yeah. have way more loyalty, you know, people for like probably going to last way longer as a client just because we're like, okay, Chris and, and Taylor yeah. have like rocked it from day one and like, yeah, I'll yeah. fork over 10 K no big. Yeah. Like I trust them. We, we pivoted hard against when we came in, there was only one big competitor and the big defining message of that competitor was like click to client 48 hours. It was like super fast, wow. like see an ad, be a high ticket client. And we kind of went the anti model of that. We went the opposite. Whereas like, you know, the, the longer it takes someone to become a client, the more trust they're going to have in us. Mm-hmm. And so our numbers are going to look better. And so we're completely fine. You know, the, the, the messaging actually began to sound like this. We're completely content to invest into you before you invest into us. Because we understand that by becoming a, a member of client kit, your that $10,000 is way undervalued. Mm-hmm. And what we're after is a long-term relationship. And so that $10,000 is a lost leader. So mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and invest that money into you now by giving you $10,000 worth of goods and services and information. And it's not that the comp- competition is doing anything bad. They're just playing a different game than we are. You know, they're playing the Amex game and we're playing like, does this, human have what it takes for us to have a long-term relationship so all of a sudden the buying frame completely shifts around people don't feel like they're you know it's not a predatorial type of approach where they're like you know imagine what happens when the complete dominating ethos of your program is like bam click to client in 48 hours Hmm. you know well that's what just happened to you and so they're like oh but for us we're like we'll invest in you as long as it takes for you to get to the place where you feel like confident this is the right thing it's a much better approach, in my opinion. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's, it's easy on you guys. You're not rushing mm-hmm. anything. You're not trying to cater to all these people's needs. You know what their needs are from day one. You've walked through. You yeah. probably understand all their, yeah, all the pain, struggles, and all that stuff in your research before even writing the copy and mapping this stuff out. I'm, I'm curious what the, the, the philosophy, the reasoning behind the, the, the memos, what would you call it now? It's now the insiders. Um, insiders access. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know if the price has changed since we bought it, but I think it was like six bucks a month or something like that. Like, so you're probably pretty close to like 
breaking even on that? Like what what's the what's the sort of philosophy game plan with that? We're definitely losing money <laughs> on it. Um because there's also shipping costs involved. Mm-hmm. But that that started when so one of our accounts got uh kicked off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And our this was probably like I don't know, 2016 or maybe early 2017. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, man, if, if we get kicked out of, off of Facebook completely, then what do we do? We have no way to, you know, to advertise. We have to go figure out YouTube or whatever. Well, let's just build a secondary list mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, advertise and sell to them. And I think the goal at the time was like, man, what if we had four or 500 people that were subscribed to this mailing list? And then if Facebook kicks us off, it gives us like six months because we can kind of fish from this list. Mm-hmm. And it could be cool to build up notoriety in the market and, you know, just be cool. Everybody's doing it. At the time, direct mail was still out and it was starting to come back in, but we were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, you know, there's 40,000 people subscribed to this list. And Damn. it's like, it just became like this crazy thing. Uh, but at the time, it was like, man, how do we get 400 people on this <laughs> just in case, you know? Um, insurance policy. It was very short sighted. It was a very. Yeah, it was an insurance policy, but it was also very like small thinking, mm-hmm. you know, like if we get kicked off of Facebook, how do we survive for six months? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think at, at the time, like that's as far as we could see, whereas now it's like we try to make sure that any moves that we make ha- are significantly bigger than than that, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it did work out. It served a purpose. We're obviously still doing it. Uh, it's just a lot bigger now. Hey folks, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. We wanted to give you a quick opportunity to learn about some fabulous ways to get additional value from the TNF show. Hang tight, we'll be right back. Yo, what's up crew? Taylor Welch here. And if you're a fan of this show and you want to get a little bit deeper in your commitment to your business and your growth and your revenue, head over to trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you're going to get a free gift from us just to help you grow your business. And it's our way of saying thank you for joining the family. Our exclusive offers and deals usually show up to this subscriber community as well. So you'll get first dibs access on anything new, anything exciting. And most of the time, that means profitability for you. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. I'll see you on the inside, my friends. Guys, what's up? My name is Taylor Walsh, and we specialize in helping experts, client-based businesses, grow their revenue with predictability and control and systems and all of the unsexy stuff that nobody else really wants to talk about. But I will tell you this, in the past four years, we've had several thousand clients. Last month, in a 31-day period, our clients reported over $3.5 million in revenue that we helped them produce. So we have several hundred active clients at the moment. And what we've done is we've sat down and we have a team of advisors that help consult with our clients and they're our inner circle and we've made a bit of their time available to you. And the purpose of this call is to really brainstorm with you. What are your goals? Where do you want to get to? Where do you see yourself in your perfect future? What do you want to accomplish? How many clients do you want to have? What's your revenue look like? What are all the big goals that you might not even know are possible? And we'll spend 45 minutes to an hour with you brainstorming through that and creating a plan, an actual blueprint that can be implemented to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And people report that these are the most valuable uh, couple of minutes they've ever spent in their life working on their business. And every single one of our multi-seven or eight-figure clients, this was the first step. You don't have to be a client. There's no pressure involved in this, okay? This is literally the first step in acknowledging that 
you know, to get to point B and you're at point A, there might need to be some changes in the middle to actually get to that destination. We're going to isolate those and tell you what they are. Sign up for this, show up, grab a notebook or something to take notes with. And my one piece of advice for you is be willing to go deep and talk about the things that you actually want to achieve and we'll help you build a strategy for that. Again, my name is Taylor. I hope to see you real soon on the inside and please take advantage of these calls. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash book a call. That's trafficandfunnels.com slash book a call. Well, really quick, like hit on uh, the whole thinking bigger thing, because I think that's super important because a lot of folks are just like, they're like one move ahead, not chess, thinking like three or four out. So like, how would you do it differently now? Now we tend to have more of a constraints-based thinking Mm. process. Uh, Things tend to revolve around constraints. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, have you guys ever heard of uh, Keith Cunningham? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, he talks about this a lot and you know, we'll, we'll end up arbit- you know, arbitrarily making something harder than it is. Right. So uh, let's take it back to the, to the memos when we launched the memos. You know, if we get kicked off of Facebook, how would we survive for six months? It's a very problem-based type of thinking mm-hmm. versus now what I would do having my thinking is if I wanted to collect 100 clients a month without using Facebook, what would I do? Mm. So, so it kind same, of positions it differently. It reverses then. it around. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe what we would have come up with is the same thing, mm-hmm. but the difference would have been when it started working because we didn't always lose money on the memos at the very beginning. It was nobody else was selling anything like it. So there wasn't any competition to it. Nobody was selling a newsletter. We were the only ones in our industry selling a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we would have had the right growth thinking behind it, we probably would have blown it up. We would have put a hundred grand a week into ads on it. We would have just taken over the entire market with it. But because it was a very risk type question, we just served its purpose and moved on. We missed the opportunity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And it's just that it's, yeah, it's putting just a different perspective on your thinking. I think it's, uh, it, it opens up more opportunities when you flip it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. kind of a weird thing. It's kind of a weird thing because teaching somebody how to think bigger is so tied into their experience that sometimes you got to get around people who have, bigger experience and you just it becomes osmosis you know i don't know like i don't know what happened to me exactly other than you know when you spend as much time with like jay abraham as i have like all of a sudden you're just like dude i am shit i don't make any money (laughs) uh you know he yeah he's coming from the world of like you know 150 million dollars in a bank account in the 80s and i'm just like wow you know okay so you know five million a year is not a lot 10 million is not a lot Mm. 40 million is not a lot you know, we'll, we'll cross over $45 million in 2020 mm-hmm. and it's not a lot. And that's just yeah. a shift of who you spend time around. I don't know what the tactic is. I haven't figured it out, but I think it's a little bit more like uh, environmental. It is. it is tactical. You know? It's probably a lot of subconscious stuff too, because we're, we're, we're now starting to hang out with Jay a lot more and his, his crew there. And yep. you're right. Like it's people for us, it's Roland Frazier where we were partners and yep. have hung out many times with him and, it's yeah, this osmosis, you kind of just start getting this like, uh, that's what shaped our business into kind of what it is now more partnerships, collaborations, and it's helped. Yep. And it's it just an upgrade, man. Yeah. There's no yep. tactic, I guess, around that. Yeah. It's just a shift. Yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned that you're only working on uh, traffic and funnels like five hours a week right now, which leads me down the sort of like 
delegation path. I feel like that's one of the, the, the biggest struggles that entrepreneurs have to like really scale to like the next level is they're so afraid to like let go of stuff. Did, did you guys like ever struggle with that? Did you ever have like a point where you're like, no, I don't want to bring on more team members because that means, you know, less money flowing to us or anything like that? Did, did you struggle with that? And, and like, how did you get past that kind of stuff? 100% we struggled with it for a long time. And the biggest thing we had to learn was that we were not good leaders and that it wasn't necessarily the people we were hiring. It was the way that we were managing them. Mm. You know, I always tell people today that there's two levels to outsourcing. And the first level is outsourcing your hands, you know, outsourcing what you do, mm -hmm. go do this, do it by this time. And here's how to do it. And most entrepreneurs kind of get stuck there and there's not enough profitability there in that level of outsourcing to justify really having a big team. Mm -hmm. You just stay with like, you know, personal assistant and you'll be good. But the level two, which is where you really begin to leap to new levels is outsourcing your mind, outsourcing decisions. So one is outsourcing work. The second is outsourcing decisions. Um, when we, when we made the jump from, just hiring people and telling them what to do to hiring people and saying, here's the goal, go figure it out. Then it made it crystal clear who needed to be on the team and who didn't need to be on the team, who needed mm -hmm. to be replaced. And you know, that 2018, 2017, 18 period where it's like, we kind of went through two teams ultimately mm -hmm. is because we were hiring people telling them what to do, but we had an expectation that they were going to help us grow. But People aren't going to help you grow by what they do. They're going to help you grow by what they think. Mm -hmm. right? think you have yeah. to replace yourself and you are a thinker. And that's, that happened late 2018, 2019. We started exploding. From Interesting. Yeah. I think the hard part for entrepreneurs is that we get so used to doing things ourselves. And then we have to make a, a decision. And sometimes that decision sounds like, look, I trust you enough to make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And that is a very difficult thing to, to get behind. Because there are times even now, like with our WealthCap team, they're very new. They've been on, uh, our leaders for the real estate business have been on since about February. Hmm. Very new, very green. They have experience in the field, but they do not have experience with our level of growth. So there are things right now that I know is not going to work. And I've given them counsel that it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But man, they still think it's going to work. And so they're just pushing on. As a leader, it's like, I have to have the self-control to just be like, okay, because how did we learn? We learned by making mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to skip our team over the same thing. Like there's a level where they're going to have to fall sometimes. Like they're going to have to do it themselves. And if you step in prematurely, you, what you, what you think you're communicating is like, Hey, I care about you. I'm going to help you. But what you actually communicate is I do not trust you. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes the ethos that they operate under. And you can have a really talented person who does not feel trusted who will leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's stuck with them too. It's like once you kind of express that once, I would imagine it's kind of always in their heads, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, you almost become kind of like an advisor to your own business and not the yeah, runner of your own business. But I imagine, you know, to, to find the good decision makers, you got to kind of like fish in different ponds than you would fish in if you were trying to find somebody to take over running your Facebook ads for you. So like, where do you, where would you go? And like, what sort of like attributes are you looking for to, to find the right type of people to do that stuff? That would be a different podcast altogether to hit that in, in totality. But I think we've pulled our best people from different industries and they have the attitudinal prowess. 
they might not have the aptitude right away because they're coming from different worlds with different uh, requirements. But, you know, our COO right now, who is kind of running all the companies, came from the staffing world. Mm-hmm. He had no idea what a Facebook ad was when he came in. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of gave him the runway to figure it out. You know, our sales director right now came from the real estate world. No idea what consulting was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's a lot of there's a lot of gold you can get out of somebody who doesn't have all of the bad lessons mm-hmm. of coming up in internet marketing. And dude, to be honest, like we have people who did come up in internet marketing, but it's not always the best. Uh, it's not always the best candidate hmm. because it's almost internet mar- marketing is kind of like this little vortex. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bubble, and it just doesn't exist. Like people don't know what it is. You're right. You know, bankers are like, "What do you do? Like you sell cocaine? Like what? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> like leave your house." But it kind of <laughs> yeah. it teaches people sometimes the wrong lessons. You know where you know what what you want is stability. And especially in your executive teams and your leaders, I would rather pull from someone who doesn't come up from internet marketing, but they have emotional intelligence and they have management skills and they know how to do interviews and they know how to count money. But it's all attitudinal at the end of the day. Uh, if you can get somebody with a attitude of a learner, you know, an attitude of like, I might not know how to do this, but I know how to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That will always trump the person who knows how to do it, but they can't figure anything out. Because that person's immobile. You know, yep. you're like, they're never going to be able to be moved anywhere. We move people around all the time. Because yeah, everybody is an executive. Yeah. They know how to figure it out. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.